one to Films with the Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Jess. Hey, everyone. And Nicole. Hi. I feel like I haven't been on here in forever. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be back. It's been a few, it's been a week or two, I think, since we've uh, Yeah, had, had some on. shit happen. Yeah, some, some stuff went down, but uh, everything's good to go now. I'm ready to roll. Ready to roll, because tonight we are reviewing Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, this stars a billion people, like so <laughs> many people, but the two leads, you have Leonardo DiCaprio as TV star Rick Dalton, and Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth, uh, Rick stunt double, um, and then I guess the other major character is Margot Robbie plays real-life actress Sharon Tate. Um, for those of you not familiar, she is the person, and I don't think I'm really spoiling this here because it's history, so this isn't just the movie, um, but she was uh, one of the victims of the Manson family, uh, and that's Charlie Manson is in this movie briefly, um, a lot of his followers, a bunch of different... Very briefly. Very briefly, yeah. A bunch of different actors um, that are in Tarantino movies, you got like Bruce Dern, Timothy Oliphant... Um, Dakota Fanning's in there. Uh, you got Luke Perry in there. Um, Who does she play in this? I forgot she was in this. She was one of the Manson family people. I think she was the main one in the... What? Yeah, she was the red-haired one. No yeah. way. I know. I was so surprised, too. I looked it I up because I was like, up. I don't... Yeah, I didn't believe it either until I saw it. Because yeah, every... I. I That's always her. think of Dakota Fanning as like little girl from Uptown Girls. Like any yes. <laughs> any other movie, no, we're old like now, like <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, any other childhood star, I grow with them and like I see them. But Dakota Fanning, I I don't know why I will always think of her as a little girl in Uptown Girls. So the fact that she is not this innocent little girl at all, she actually exact opposite character was um, really bizarre. Yeah, I'm dumbfounded I mean, right I now. I can't even name yeah. them all, but Mike, Mike Moe, Damian Lewis, Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, Zoe Bell, Michael Madsen, Clifton Collins Jr., a bunch of people got cut, too. Uh, Tim Roth was supposed to be in this. James Marsden was supposed to be in this, but their scenes actually got cut. They just they had too much talent overflowing off the screen. So, uh, But, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, those are our main leads here. And the plot of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... It's set in 1969 Los Angeles, where everything is changing as TV star Rick Dalton and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth make their way around an industry they hardly recognize anymore. The ninth film from the writer-director features a large ensemble cast and multiple storylines in a tribute to the final moments of Hollywood's golden age. Um, and yeah, so there are a lot of, I mean, there's really, I would say there's like three plot lines in here like that I could roughly sketch out, uh, maybe four. Uh, that kind of overlap and intertwine. Uh, but we will get into that uh, right now because if you haven't seen this, it's in theaters now. Uh, I guess before we go right into it, Tarantino, we haven't done a Tarantino movie yet. Um, I have seen all of his films many times. Uh, one of his movies is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I think he's pretty consistently made only good to very good movies. Um, it's definitely not for everyone. He's been criticized for too much violence, uh, over over the top dialogue. Um, he's kind of like a really good like uh, B movie director who makes like elevated B movies because um, they're all like movies from this era, the sixties, seventies, the stuff that he grew up watching, but kind of made for a modern day audience. Uh, Nicole, have you seen any other Tarantino movies? I think that my favorite one is um, Pulp Fiction because it's just it's really the when when you hear the name Tarantino, I feel like that's the 
the movie that most people gravitate to. Yeah, that's the big and, one for sure. I mean, it's just got the it's got a cult following, and for good reason. It's it's really something to watch. Like it's something you've never seen before, honestly. Even I really don't think it doesn't matter what age you are when you first see it. But I know that you had me watch your favorite. Um, I've also seen a couple other ones, but definitely Pulp Fiction's the one that sticks in my mind the most. Overall, I, I like I, I like his style. It's very eclectic, very out of the box, untraditional. It's creepy and weird and stupid, but you know, I I do like his movies. And Jess, correct me if I'm wrong. You're a rare find because I don't think you've ever seen a Tarantino movie. I think there's probably fewer of you on the planet than there are people who have seen a Tarantino movie. So you're gonna hate me when I heard Tarantino. I was like. <laughs> Yeah, I saw Grand Torino. <laughs> um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> in high school, me and my boyfriend saw it, but in between us making out, that's about all that Tarantino. <laughs> I I know, and then I realized they're two different things. <laughs> you thought it was Grand Tarantino? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought oh Gr- Torino and Tarantino were the same word. Oh. Oh, you've upset the Clint Eastwood fans, you've upset the Tarantino fans, you've upset the Gran Torino, the car, and the movie fans. This is very upsetting. Everyone can hate me. I can fake it. (laughs) Be those people that are mean to me on Instagram and just do it. (laughs) I'm starting the riot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I've said on the show many times, we all have different film experience and perspectives so um, if you haven't seen it it's in theaters right now i think if you're a hardcore tarantino fan you probably already have seen it but we are going to spoil it there's a lot to spoil definitely um especially with that ending uh so we rate things here with films with the woman of my life on four criteria and those are the characters the plot the visual and sound and the overall resonance and feel of the movie um in the 1950s, there's a TV show called Bounty Law in this universe. Um, Rick Dalton is the star. That's Leonardo DiCaprio. Cliff's a stunt double. And um, the early stages of this movie are kind of just going through his, you know, his career, his life. Um, and I don't. It's not exactly fully clear, but we get to 1969 pretty quickly. Um, his golden years are kind of shown in like a clip show kind of form. And uh, he is now on the decline. Uh, he is not getting the roles that he used to be getting. Um, he's had some life troubles. He had two DUIs, and that's why his, his buddy Cliff, actually, who doesn't really double for him very often anymore, he's kind of just his personal driver and handyman and just kind of his assistant, yeah, really. Yeah, they're all old and washed up. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, he, at the beginning, he meets with Al Pacino's character, who is like a movie producer. We get some more background on um, his movies. Rick Dalton's, I mean, he's known for the Western bounty law, but he also did some like some of those old schlocky like uh, like World War II movies and westerns. And so he's he's from that era of I think uh, think like um, not, <laughs> I wanted to say Johnny Cash. <laughs> it's not Johnny Cash. Uh, John Wayne. Think like a John. John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little different. <laughs> yeah, very well. Both country-ish. Uh, one's just movies. One's music. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, John Wayne. <laughs> think that kind of era of cowboy. Not quite a Clint Eastwood. Um, they actually, uh, he actually shits on spaghetti westerns at one point uh, when he is asked to go overseas. Um, but you know that's kind of how we're introduced. Uh, Rick is kind of a whiny 
character. Um, he's kind of manchildy, and you know you can imagine because he's been coddled his whole life and uh, given all these opportunities that you know he's spoiled. Uh, Cliff he's definitely is definitely dramatic most... and over the top. Yeah, he's an actor. <laughs> dramatic <laughs> is what they do. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's definitely yeah. That, that's that's a good way to put it. And uh, Cliff is very opposite. Very calm, cool, collected. Um, doesn't give much of a shit about anything like at all. Um, but they're you know they're comfortable being friends even despite you know a clear power dynamic cliff never like wants to try to he never feels like he's getting held back by rick or like um rick's keeping him down and rick because you know cliff kind of has to keep him together and rick is a total diva drama queen but at least cliff is there to you know be his buddy um so i kind of like their relationship here at the beginning and our other character main character who i haven't talked about yet much uh, sharon tate is meanwhile uh living next door to uh to cliff uh and uh, she's dating roman polanski who is the real life director and uh alleged child rapist um so we don't have to talk too much about Roman Polanski if we don't have to, um, but they were in fact dating in real life, Sharon Tate and Polanski, or not dating, married actually at this point. So they live next door, Sharon's starting to get into some movies, uh, and I guess that's really our jumping off point, and um, before I get too much into the plot, we'll rate our, the, these three characters here, because I, I mean, they're the majority of the movie. Uh, I'll start with you, Nicole. What do you think of the characters in this movie? Um, I mean, if we're just going to talk about the three main characters right now... I really think that uh, Brad Pitt's character Cliff kind of stole the show here throughout this whole movie. I think he was the best of all of them. I, I really liked all of them. I'm not going to knock any of them. I thought that Sharon Tate was really good. And um, I liked, the, I liked uh, Leo's character, too. I thought that he was real asshole, but like in a good way, because he, he's, he's upset at how his decline is happening so quickly. But... Um, Cliff is so cool and, and calm with all this crazy shit going on. And later on when we get him in the commune and all these antics, like he's such a boss (laughs) and so (laughs) underrated and so underrated in the eyes of everybody else that that's what really gives him his opportunity to shine in our eyes. I like all the side characters. I like, uh, Bruce Lee and I like having all these different people in there, Dean Martin, everything. Um, it was a really cool concept and the people that were cast for the roles were cast correctly in to me. Like they were really good. Um, I think I'll give the characters uh four. I, I really enjoyed all the different storylines and everything that each of them brought to the table. What do you think, Jess? I actually have all the same comments Nicole had. Um, I'm also giving it a four for all the same reasons. Um, I liked how Brad Pitt was cool as a cucumber. Um, he casually just killed his wife because she was being annoying, and that, <laughs> <laughs> that really shows how he is. <laughs> and then he just like went on by his day. Um, it's someone that you kind of want in your life. If you're ever you know stressed out or freaking out over someone, I would talk to that guy, and he'd be like, "Man, okay, my problems aren't that big. I feel pretty great right now. Let's go get a drink." <laughs> and I agree that um, him and Rick Dalton definitely complement each other because Rick Dalton is the exact opposite. I think he has extreme anxiety. He's a maniac. He has like some addictive problems, but Cliff definitely evens him out and he is necessary in his life. Um, Sharon Tate, I don't really have a huge opinion on. I don't think she was a big, big character. All I really saw or really remember her is her feet 
off watching the movie. So I don't think she really did yeah. much for me. But I think I'd replace her with um, Dakota Fanning's character as a big three because, again, I think we just mentioned, I I was completely um, surprised how well she played her. And um, I liked how she was kind of like the mom of the hippie pack. And I liked her character, too. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on board with you guys actually. It sounds like we're fours across the board. Um, the highlight of this movie is Rick and Cliff's bromance for sure. Uh, they're both really good in their roles. Of course, Cliff is the most likable because you're supposed to like him the most. But I think Leo plays off him really well. Um, I think Cliff also gets the most interesting storyline. At least for me, we can get into once we get into the plot a little bit. Um, yeah, I agree with Jess. I think Margot Robbie Sharon Tate is not used a lot. Um, Going into this movie, if you see all the advertisements, you know, Leo's first build, Brad Pitt's second build, Margot Robbie's always third build, and then a bunch of the other actors that are big actors aren't even mentioned. Like, there's a couple, like, I think Kurt Russell you see in the in the, the advertisements, and, like, he's, you know, he's in it some. Um, I'm get... really sad that they cut James Marsden out of this. Did you see he was supposed to play Burt Reynolds? Yeah, he was supposed to play Burt Reynolds. Um, There's another someone else in there supposed to play another major actor. Uh, we do get some fun. So it's a four because I think they really underused uh, Sharon Tate, um, Margot Robbie's character, and I don't. I don't think um, she was bad. I think she's just underused. Uh, I do like uh, some of the cult members. They're kind of hit or miss. Uh, Bruce Dern is an old guy associated with the cult. Later, once we get into that, I like his little glorified cameo a lot. He's an actor I really like. You get uh, Damian Lewis, who people will know from Billions. Uh, he plays Steve McQueen in this, like a young Steve McQueen. Uh, there's just a lot of little cameos from major he's actors really that I like. Sorry, he's really ugly. <laughs> he's an odd-looking gentleman. Um, he's for people of, uh, on Billions. He plays opposite Paul Giamatti. He's that. He's that tall, the tall ginger guy. Um, I don't have much room to talk, but damn, I'm looking at him like. Ugh. <laughs> 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 so it's a mixed bag uh, but I like a lot of the cameos and I think uh, Leo and Brad Pitt really carry this movie at the top of the bill so yeah a four it's a sol- it's a solid um, solid cast I think uh, if you were to think of Leo and Brad Pitt in a movie together like what kind of dynamic did you think they would have had um this is actually pretty kind of close to what I thought. I think a lot of times when Brad Pitt is the f- leading leading man, I'm thinking of like a World War Z kind of movie where he's forced to be the straight man and everything. He's not as good. I think he's like, I always say he's like a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. Um, he's way better when he's like an Ocean's Eleven where he's like the second or third guy and he gets to, you know, banter off the leading man. And then Leo, I think, is a good... I think he's good in this role of, as the leading man, but also kind of whiny and childlike. It kind of harkens back to his Calvin Candy role in um, in uh, Django Unchained. I mean, obviously, he's not a sadistic slave owner, but his uh, personality is kind of similar. Um, I like the way they play off each other a lot, and I can't really think of a better way to use the two actors. Um, so, continuing on, uh, the plot points kind of start to slowly unfold. Uh, Cliff is constantly running into this one drifter girl, and, uh, she, he eventually gives her a ride back to, uh, the Spawn movie ranch, um, which is actually, I didn't, I didn't know this about the Manson family, I'm not, uh, into that, uh, whole thing, I think Nicole of the three of us probably will know the most, um, but 
apparently this is actually a real ranch that used to be moved used in movies uh the owner george spawn was like kind of a senile old guy um and the manson family actually moved in there and kind of took advantage of him uh but also like made a lot of the women there sleep with him and like you know it's it's it was a really weird situation um but cliff kind of gets sucked into that because he gets taken back by you know the drifter girl and um that's kind of his storyline is going through all of the manson bits of this movie uh then we have uh rick's storyline which is uh he is now the lead villain on a different show called lancer um he he this is his like one of his last chance kind of roles to make his make his mark because um, he's slowly been working his way down the tv shows like becoming less and less important as like, a villain and um so this is his chance to kind of you know show off his acting chops again uh, he befriends a little girl who is also on in the cast, who is uh, a really cool character. We didn't talk about her, but uh, oh, I she's like a, her. yeah, she's like a super well-read, hyper-intelligent, like what eight-year-old. Like she's 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 pretty great. Um, I'm at a little bit of a crossroads at this point here because they're trying to they're trying to give off the feeling that he's kind of at his washed-up moment, and this is his last chance, and. You know, he's going out with this with this uh, TV show or whatever it is. And I'm not getting that vibe. I'm, I'm get, That movie, uh, excuse me, that TV show he's in looks fine. Like, it looks like it's going to be something that's popular. And they're giving him quite a big role in it because they're showing him with the little girl and showing him being the villain. And I, I understand what you're saying. We talked about this after the movie that they're just giving him, the guy in the beginning said to him, he was like, you know, they're giving you all the villain roles. Is that really what you want to do? And... I mean, in his head, I feel like he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm getting roles. Like, I need them. I need to be in something, you know. So I, I like that whole thing. I didn't feel bad for him. I feel like, you know, this is what his his career has just come to now. And he should be grateful for it. I don't know. I didn't get the whole upset thing as much as maybe I should have. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, he just let that guy get to his head um, to think that he should be more of a dynamic character and rather than just being fit in one specific kind of character, he's becoming washed up when I think, I agree with you, I think he's doing just fine. Yeah, the Al Pacino character, I think, is the guy you're talking about that he meets with in the beginning, who's like yeah. kind of like, oh, I love all your old movies. Why aren't you making those anymore? You keep being like this washed up TV cowboy. Like, don't you want to get back out there and make some real movies or whatever he said? Um, so I understand that not coming across as strongly. I, I think I felt it pretty strongly just because, you know, the difference between being a lead on a series for, you know, multiple years and being the guest villain, you know, it's, it's a drop off. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a difference in what you're used to. It would be like, you know, if an A-list actor all of a sudden was relegated to these tiny, um, these tiny like side cameo roles, um, cause they, you know, they've lost their popularity or whatever it was. Um, but the, uh, so that's, I mean, yeah, that's the second storyline. And the third one, which is definitely the least used is Sharon Tate's storyline. Um, she, it's barely much of a storyline, honestly. She's with Rowan I'm Polanski. I'm upset by this. You're upset by I'm, the way they used her? I'm upset that this is the, the least important plot point of this movie. Yeah, she it's did. it's the most underlying plot point. It doesn't hold as much as the others do, but... That is what I'm most interested in. I want to watch that the most because I love that shit. So, yeah, she she's relegated to, like, watching herself in her movie where she's the klutz in that, um, in that like, 
slapsticky comedy thing. Uh, she has a bit at the movie theater where like, oh, I'm like a famous actress, and they they get a the picture with her, but um, they have to get a picture with her next to the poster so that people know who she is because she's not really famous yet. But um, so that's her. I mean, we're just not given a whole lot into her character and her storyline definitely gets pushed to the third build out of the three. Um, but, and you guys talked about a little bit about what you thought about uh, Leo's storyline. I'll go to Jess first for this one. What do you think of these three like storylines and the plot of this movie as a whole? Um, the three storylines, I agree. I think Sharon Tate's was pretty weak and the most uninteresting. Um, I think I was most interested in the hippie storyline. Um, I think it's, best portrayed because Brad Pitt was the, was against them and having their extreme character and his extreme character mixed together um, was pretty fun and his him being adamant to see George and watching all the hippies react it really had you questioning about like what they're really up to or what they're doing um, so I found that part interesting and then Leonardo DiCaprio, I think one of my favorite scenes is when he's talking um, to a little girl reading that book. And just their character dynamic yeah. together. Um, that little girl was brilliant, so she played a uh, really good part. But you can see how weak he was compared to this girl. And he's probably like, man, this girl, she's got it. Like, she's so little and she's knows what she's doing. And here I am, like, old and washed up. And I feel like he's almost trying to convince her, like who he actually is but there were a lot of parts that like were interesting but a lot of parts where i'm just like all right let's let's continue on to something else let's move on and the fact that these three plots weren't intertwined i think was a little maybe not uncomfortable but just it didn't fit with me i i guess that's like the style of um this director but i just don't think it was exactly my taste and I think it definitely felt pretty long for me. Um, I wish there were like breaks and intermissions and that, that probably would have made it a lot better. <laughs> so, yeah. And then the very, very last scene um, when the, they broke into um, Rick Dalton's house. And I don't know who the girl is, but the girl with the long black hair who eventually got flamed. That part was so annoying where she was just flailing and screaming the entire time. <laughs> That's the stuff that I hate in movies. I'm like, okay, this is obviously bad and fake like don't watch this and be happy about it that's just like it seems like a bad quality film like stuff like that i really don't appreciate watching in movies so i'm probably going to give this a two five and i feel like that's being generous yikes all right um nicole go, go ahead and talk about your plot and, and also bring in some of the real life mance and stuff too because out of the three of us i think you probably know that the best like I what mean, you were I'm, expecting, I'm by no means an expert on any of it, but no, I like but compared to... <laughs> to me, who barely knows it, and I'm gonna guess Jess is probably not super. Well, a lot of people familiar. know that in real life, Sharon Tate was unfortunately murdered, and the the scene at the end, you can kind of gather that that's not the route that Tarantino was taking with this; that he was taking another route. This is kind of like an alternate universe because you know she's there, very pregnant. And, you know, hanging out with her, with her neighbors. And, you know, to me, that doesn't seem like the way that her actual life um, was led, unfortunately. Um, I love the scenes with her in it because she was so happy-go-lucky. She was so 
excited to be in a role and she was so proud of herself when she heard that cheering and the clapping in the movie theater she was so happy that people enjoyed her in the scene and her life was unfortunately taken away where she couldn't fully get you know into that limelight like she wanted to and you know she was just so bubbly and everything and i loved how he implemented her into this movie i wanted so much more of manson i wanted him to show up again i i I, we got the cult members which was a nice touch at the end um breaking into the house and i like how he brought that real realism into this to this non-fiction excuse me into this fiction world of rick dalton and his craziness with brad pitt i don't even remember his name with cliff uh you know cliff cliff with the dog in there and he's trained the dog to attack anybody like that (laughs) scene was so fucking funny when when they break into the house oh my god i just i was cracking up because he's high on the acid cigarette (laughs) that's the that's the plot line that i enjoy the most um the the plot that we have with him with leo being a has-been washed up uh country western actor i could i i didn't care for that as much i know that was kind of like the main thing but i wasn't feeling it that much i just didn't feel like he was that washed up he was still getting roles he was still interesting people were still watching his stuff so maybe i'm missing something there with that but the the combination of cliff Going to the commune, meeting that girl, understanding that his that his friend has been compromised and they're taking <laughs> over his his poor ranch, all in the name of Charles Manson. Like I am so about that. I love that. That was the biggest thing in my eyes for this movie. I I think I'm gonna give the plot if I overlook the the Leo part of it, I'll probably give the plot like a three three point five because the the Leo plot just. It didn't do much for me. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a coverall for what what was really important here. I don't know. Whatever. I'll give it a three. <laughs> wow. Right. I thought you would have um, said it was like too long for you. You know, I didn't mind it. I was hoping I was holding on for that little bit more of Charles Manson coming through and showing up <laughs> at the house or something like I was holding on for it. So I didn't mind the length. There were definitely some parts that were too fucking long. Um <laughs> There, like we didn't. I, oh, I I know. I was telling Brennan this when we left. I said, you know, we did. I didn't need all of that movie time of him filming and the scenes being shot. Like we, I feel like we could have comprehended what was happening. He was a fine actor. Was I missing something? Was he supposed to be bad? Is that why they showed so much of the movie being made no. or the TV show episodes? Like I don't. He just likes showing. I mean, Tarantino and his movies have gotten progressively longer as his career's gone on. He he just likes showing off. He likes he likes showing all his stuff. His fans really like. I mean, if you look like at pretty much every one of his movies on like Rotten Tomatoes or any critic thing, he's never made a movie under the mid '60s, and most of his movies are in the '80s or '90s. He has a very That's large. That's also because he's got a fan base. Yeah, his fan base, and I and I consider myself among them. I think he is a top 10 working director today. He is and really because I don't I cannot say he's ever made a bad movie. Um some people will say Death Proof is bad. Uh, I disagree. I think it's a, f- a fun movie. Um I think Well, he's is- made a name for himself because he's so eccentric and so out of the box and so different than than standard movies. He leaves you with movies that are like what the fuck was that? That wasn't that was <laughs> 
stupid and i loved it like you know so something like this it's a little more down to earth and maybe that's why i was expecting a little bit more i didn't feel like leo's role was something so out of the ordinary that i'm like this is a tarantino film i don't know maybe i'm maybe i missed the mark on the feeling i was supposed to get from it being one of his movies but at the same time i i enjoyed it because it wasn't crazy this is definitely like a, his second or third, depending on your point of view, his one of his most tame movies. And except for that last 15 or 20 minutes, I mean, I could always tell it's a Tarantino movie by the way it's shot, the over-the-top over, over the top dialogue, long, long dialogue scenes, um, and uh, the, the way the characters are all made out. Like, I could always tell it's him. It always feels like a slower Tarantino. Um, but that last 15, 20 minutes is, I mean, our crowd it, was cheering and I mean, laughing and falling over themselves. That was like what the fans wanted to see that last 20 minute absolutely that that ending scene definitely a couple scenes definitely made up for his stamp on a movie like we could have had whatever in the beginning but he really brought it around to his namesake in that ending like that was fucking so him it was crazy (laughs) i think tarantino and i said i loved him as a director and i love all pretty much all his movies uh tarantino the man i think is probably an insufferable prick based on interviews and the way he (laughs) talks about stuff um i don't know him of course i've never met him but the way he is and the stories uh, i think he's probably really full of himself um but i Honestly, he's kind of earned it. He's that good. Um, I'm at, uh, having said all that, I'm at like a three five for this plot. So only a little bit higher than you guys. Um, oh, I think wow. Cliff Cliff's storyline is by far the best. Uh, by far the best. Uh, Nicole talked about some of the, like his relationship with the dog is funny with the dog food. Um, all his stuff at the ranch is really good. I think that's some, I think from the ranch to the end, I'm pretty in this movie. Um, it took a while to get going though. I'm going to agree that Leo's stuff is kind of hit or miss. Like when it's the little girl, I like it. Um, I like when he's being crazy, laughing, scary, but like schlocky villain. Like you can tell he's, it's like, it's really good bad acting um which the is what a lot of, his of everything uh, the culmination of everything just becomes average it's nothing exciting anymore because you've got a little bit of the plain plain old sitting around feeling sorry for yourself and then you get the eccentric hyped up uh you know leo that we want from a tarantino film it just balances itself out to be an average role yeah, I mean he he's perfectly fine in it. There's just the it's hard to keep the um the ten, like tension or or the the mood of it all. It's hard to keep that going for so long. It is a I mean it is a long movie. I don't think it ever feels like two and a half hours to me. Um, I I think it goes by pretty quick for for my buck. But um, yeah, and then I would I I really don't have anything to say about the Sharon Tate storyline. I mean, other than that one scene in the theater, I can't. I'm hard pressed. I know they went to the Playboy Mansion party and. You know, oh, we see I it. love that. Really? Yeah. That was I was kind of bored With by that Mama scene. Cass and I already and forgot about everybody that, part. that was there. Oh, that my was God. one of my least favorite scenes of the movie. Really, I um I really liked how they had all the different people from that that time period there. Like I said, they had Mama Cass, they had uh, Steve McQueen, they had all the people there that were uh, talking about Sharon Tate, how because she's up and coming and she's so beautiful and cute and can't believe that Roman Polanski landed her because she was with somebody else. Like, I, I really like that part because it just brought that 
that reality back into what we wanted because he's got that part of reality in here. He's got Charles Manson and he's got the Manson family and he has those little aspects and he's got the spaghetti westerns that were popular at the time. Like there's a touch of reality in here and to bring that in, spin it a little bit. I really appreciated that. Honestly, I, wish I, was I there. forgot <laughs> about that part until you just mentioned it. So I think it had little effect on me what about the part with um oh i'm so sorry oh no no keep going what about the part with um uh cliff and and bruce lee when they're fighting in the at the movie set oh that that was (laughs) one of my favorite parts especially because um they brad pitt made a deal that he would work on the set unless and he couldn't um cause any trouble Mm -hmm. and he ended up (laughs) smashing the car of the lady he couldn't get in trouble with (laughs) that was really good this scene was unfortunately spoiled for me in like the trailers like i think if this wasn't shown in the trailers and they picked some other fun little action scene oh i didn't see that no, it really took, like, I can imagine this being just one of my favorite scenes if I hadn't already seen part of Bruce Lee and him bantering back and forth. I didn't see him get thrown in the car. Um, the woman who shows up at the end is actually a uh, the one who's, like, yelling at him and kicks him off the set, the New Zealand woman. She's actually uh, been a stunt double for a lot of the different actresses, including Uma Thurman on Kill Bill for a lot of Tarantino movies. So he, That's really awesome. Yeah, she always gets little bit parts for, for Tarantino. I like that, too. He A lot of these actors and actresses he's worked with on a couple to many films before and everyone gets a little part um but yeah as a story as a whole cliffs is like grade a tarantino what i expect from him and uh you know uh i think i think rick's is a little it's a little weaker a little hit a little or miss. disappointment i'm not gonna lie a little disappointment there's some good parts just, but there is as a whole it's weaker like i said earlier if you average out everything that happens with his character it that's what it is average so, I mean, that's the, I mean, this, you know, it's a really long movie, but we've kind of brushed over our favorite parts in the middle here. Um, there's kind of a, a, a time jump at the end here. Uh, they go to Rome, that is Cliff and Rick, uh, to film Spaghetti Westerns, uh, which is what he was trying to avoid doing in the beginning. But Marvin Schwartz, uh, the Al Pacino character, is finally able to convince him to go to Rome. Uh, star in those movies for I think he's there for six months. He comes back with a new wife. Uh, that's the dark-haired woman that is there at the end. Nicole, I think you were confused by why she was there. Yeah, where did I go? Did I? I think go you went somewhere? to the bathroom or something for like oh. a few minutes, and you missed <laughs> the whole basically dialogue or um, narration. Like it's like a, a, a minute-long narration that explains everything that happens here. So you missed that, and you came back. You're like, wait, where are we? Who's that? Like, why? Why is this? Like, you're a little confused there. Um, but, you know, they, they get back uh, to L.A., and this is the big final showdown. Uh, I guess you could call it a showdown. Um, Rick and Cliff go out for a night of drinking. They go back to Cl- uh, Rick's house to drink some more, and uh, uh, Cliff's going to smoke that acid cigarette that he got earlier in the movie from the from the Manson Ranch. And uh, meanwhile, you got uh, Tex, Susan, and Linda, who are the, uh, the Tate murderers. Um, and uh, they are going to go, you know, kill. They're all based on real people that were in the Manson family, which I fucking love that. Yes, Did that is true. Did you notice that the Stranger Girls girl or the Stranger Girls, Stranger Things girl was in there for a minute? Which she was the one she? that backed out. Oh, she's the one who drove away? Yeah, she was uh, the ice cream girl. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Huh, look at that. Another another great uh, little little cameo in there. Um, 
but this is the big boisterous ending that Tarantino fans <laughs> have been like on the edge of their seats waiting for. Um, and I knew it had to end in some crazy nonsense way. Um, I also knew going in um, that not new, but had a very good feeling going in. Sharon Tate was not going to die in this movie. She was not going to be murdered like she was in real life because this has been a precedent set in prior Tarantino movies. I'm thinking mainly in Inglorious Bastards, the World War II movie that he did. Uh, Hitler is brutally murdered by a fake group of like American like renegade soldiers, um, and then the whole theater that he's at burns down. They kill Goebbels. They kill a bunch of the main SS officers, um, and that's not obviously how Hitler died. Uh, so I knew they he would be apt to change. Well, someone history coming again. like someone coming into this like Jess or myself, we don't know that. So I'll tell you that I was I don't know confused at the end because I'm like I don't know what's happening here. Like they the Manson family is here at Sharon Tate's house essentially. You know they're next door. Like I didn't know what to expect, so I didn't I didn't quite grasp what was the twist here. Okay, and I understand. I mean, if you, I think if you didn't assume that going in, it might be a little jarring. And at the very end, you're like, "Oh, are there other Manson members that are going to come out of nowhere and kill everyone at Sharon Tate's house?" Like when they go there at the very end um, after yeah, Cliff goes see, to the hospital. I wouldn't like, even think of it as like a Tarantino twist. I would say he did it wrong. That's not what happened. Well, I mean, Jess, I guess you haven't you've never seen, so it sounds like, Jess, you're definitely like this ending the least, I'm going to guess, between the flailing arm craziness um, and the non-how-it-really-happened ending. Uh, 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 even you can talk a little bit more about this ending scene and what works, and it sounds like mostly doesn't work for you, but um, yeah, what I do you think I did like how um, when Rick went outside and he yelled at the hippies, that part was pretty funny. Um, he just went on and on and on, and he had that blender of margarita in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I loved it. That was really good. I don't like that because that's part of another script I have about a margarita that I that wanted to make one day, but now I feel like I'll be, yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it's frustrating. Like the, I'm like, damn it, I have a really good margarita we thing. We won't see, we won't think that you're copywriting. Don't worry about it. I have the timestamps. I wrote this a long time ago. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So that was fun, and then how Brad Pitt does this like little like click with his mouth, and the dog just does whatever um, he says, and he aimed exactly where he wanted to. That was fun. It's just like the little things, like the flamethrower that was a bit too much, and the flailing arms that really pissed me off. <laughs> I lo- I love that. I loved it. So oh my much. god, I really enjoyed the last part too because I w- I was waiting for something. I needed something to really grab me. And this whole scene, he's high as fuck off this acid cigarette. But I love how people... he says the train has left the station. When oh, yeah. he like <laughs> he found he's himself still... getting high. <laughs> he still has enough brain left to be able to get his dog to attack these people that have intruded his best friend's house. <laughs> like the and and Leo's in the back. He's Leo's in the back with his radio on in the pool, has no fucking clue what's going on, and it's so funny because he has to now, like, kill and fight these people by himself. <laughs> that scene was so good. It really was. It was just, all of it was amazing. I really liked that. No, this whole ending scene, yeah, for me, completely elevates a lot of parts that were, like, if it had ended any other way, it would have definitely been too a little lackluster. Um, not to say that I don't mind when Tarantino's quiet. I think his quietest film is actually my favorite film. Um, but... 
like yeah this giant did you ever say what your favorite film was no it's uh my favorite movie of his is jackie brown which is probably not anyone's favorite tarantino movie um it's actually based on a book by elmer leonard uh it's based on rum punch but um no i'll i can't gush about that right now because it will i we don't have the time um maybe (laughs) maybe we'll review that one one day but uh um No, oh, this ending is so fucking fun, and it just keeps. And I like that it just keeps getting crazier, and it gets crazy. And the it, and the anything where where she's is she's running around flailing, screaming for minutes, several minutes, <laughs> and 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 um and he pulls out the flamethrower, which is established in the beginning. He had the flamethrower from the old. It's like an old prop, uh, but we see that it's actually a real flamethrower. And he complains earlier on. Uh, can we can we do something about this heat? <laughs> oh yeah, it's just like it's it's a flamethrower like um but no i i needed i needed this last scene i needed this cherry on top i need i needed this um it's it's hilarious and uh i think just if you definitely have seen like other tarantino movies i think i think his style is probably just not for you because inglorious bastards is kind of similarly set up and um I mean, Kill Bill. The whole thing is basically this ending scene for two hours. <laughs> like, it's it's just crazy nonsense action where like. And I really s- like I really like Emil Hirsch in here. He plays the 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 the, the not boyfriend boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I really uh, like uh, Sharon him in this Tate. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's like around. the third wheel, but he loves it. <laughs> So um, I know yeah. we're pretty much at the end, but we we have not done uh, visual and sound of this movie, and I'll I'll let you continue, Nicole. What do you think of that? This movie, I really like everything that I see here. I obviously love the music. We've got a lot of seventies music in here, a lot of the music that's in tune with the time period, and that's the that's the total, um, you know, fi- that, that's my total favorite time period. I wish I was there during that time, but. Um, I love the music. I love everything that they're listening to in the cars and all that stuff. I really like the scenes at the at the um, ranch that the Manson family is at. Uh, I really like the scenes at the end. I think everything is really beautiful. Um, it's just beautifully made. Like it, he, it's in the same Tarantino style where it's a little muted, but it feels real. Like, I feel like I'm in there as well. Like, all the stuff on the scenes of the Western films and all that, it's dry, but you feel like you're there and you can see what it's like. And the costumes are, are, are perfect for it. And I'm, I'm telling you, the last scene, it saved this movie because it was long, but I... Once I got into that, I didn't feel that way anymore. And when she's in the in the pool and she's flame throwing, but the, the at the pool, <laughs> that's one of the best things. Uh, sorry, Jess, that's not the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> that's uh, see, I'm like, can you just funny. stop? Like, you're dead. By oh just, my god, I think it's so funny. He's like, how do I kill this person in my pool? Hold on, I'll be right back. Because he's blackout drunk, like. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I think Jess, Jess, you got to learn to love some schlock. You got to learn to love uh, cheesy, crazy <laughs> acting and action. It's 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 great. It's there's so many good movies out there that have it. I <laughs> know. This is, to me, the... I just think it has no quality. Like it, it just seems. It's fun too... though. It's just funny. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I like fun quality, but this is just like just <laughs> cheap. It's all dependent. Seriously, Tarantino films are really something you need to 
um appreciate and some of them i don't appreciate some of them i don't care for they're too out of my element for uh, you wanted to, to kill enjoy. yourself during kill bill volume two. <laughs> oh, i don't even fucking remember that i obviously just put that out of my head completely number one was enough but this one i think this is the highest rating for me it's probably going to be a four to a i'm going to give it a 4.25 because uh, i really <laughs> i really enjoyed what they gave us to work with here in terms of the visual and the sound of it what'd you think jess um i'm probably gonna give it a three or a three five there's nothing really to complain about it the visual and sound i think were on par um i liked all the music that was all the 70s music and i think my favorite part of the visuals was like Nicole said, feeling like you're actually there and seeing all the hippies on the streets in LA. Like we saw that group of friends digging in the trash and everyone does like the peace sign or stop the war. That part really did make you feel like um, you were there in history with them. I really don't have too much to gush about because there's not one scene where I'm like, man, that visual was awesome. I liked how you filmed that which is probably, like, me overlooking everything because I think this style is also about how he filmed, but nothing that I personally captured, so I really have nothing to go on about, but just that I felt like it was there and it was fun and it wasn't bad. So, C-plus student, maybe B. <laughs> I'm going to land on a four. Um, the visuals are always really good in his movies. I like his visual style a lot. Um, his storytelling forms, like when we're flashing back and forward, it's a little jumbled at times, but for the most part, I can follow it. Um, I like in the beginning, we get a, a full screen instead of widescreen uh, because it's, you know, old times. You know, the TVs were square back then, so when we see old stuff, it's in square. Um, I like when... And it's, you know, I, I may not like the storyline as much, but when Rick's filming uh, the TV show, when it's filming the show versus when it's, you know, behind the scenes, like regular movie, you can tell the difference. You can tell when it's the show and when it's not. And it's so subtle and small, but it's, it's, it's uh, you know, because I can always tell. It's things like that I pick up on. Um, a lot of cool stuff with Cliff's. Uh, close story, a lot of cool visuals there, but the music, um, I'm a little more Luke on, honestly. Um, a lot of his movies have really, really great scores and songs that are used. Um, I, I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm a little lower on this one. I'm sure if it were not Tarantino and I had different standards, it would be, it would be better. But I've come to really expect just epic music and scores from him. Not epic in like big sweeping, but epic as in like just shit I love. Um, and this one was fine. So, a four, I think, is fair, just because I think those visuals were definitely on point. Um, the end is here, though. After after the flamethrower, um, the, all the Manson members that came to the house are dead, the three of them. Uh, Cliff gets taken off in an ambulance, still tripping balls. Um, and uh, we get Leo's uh, Rick character go and meet with Sharon Tate. Um, it's also been kind of an underlining thing that she he's kind of always wanted to go meet her and uh, Rowan Polanski, thinking that they would help him get his career back on track. Um, it's kind of, you know, not mentioned a whole lot, but it's kind of there. But yeah, that's, that's the end of the movie. The credits, credits roll right here when they go into the house and, uh, Sharon Tate lives, lives another day. So, um, uh, overall resonance and feel, I'll go back to you, Nicole. What do you, what do you think of that for this movie? Hmm. This is tough because there's one plot that I really like and one plot that I could do without. So what does that mean for me? Um, I guess I'll even them out. 
I'll lean towards a 3.5 because I love the twist with Sharon Tate being alive and kicking with her uh, neighbor and being uber pregnant and, <laughs> um, you know, dealing with all that stuff. I really like that. I really like everything that happened in the last 30 minutes of this movie. I, I like how the buildup. Still confused by it, but that's usually how a Tarantino film goes, so I can't knock off any points for that, so I'll stick to what I what I feel with that. What do you think, Jess? Um, probably a two five, two a three. While I was interested in some of the plots and some of the little plays they had, I don't think that it's anything that would really stick to me. I didn't like laugh my ass off and I didn't cry or didn't feel a lot of things. Mostly I've felt like when is this gonna be over? <laughs> um, it just felt long and I didn't feel emotionally connected to anyone, so I feel like my resonance for this is kind of on the lower side. This probably isn't the best Tarantino movie to start with now that I think about it, considering all his different I feel like it is. Really? Because I'll t- I-, I haven't seen very many, but I saw Jackie Brown, I've seen Kill Bill, I've seen Reservoir Pulp Fiction, dogs, seen Reservoir Dogs. I'll tell you that this one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is probably the one I enjoy the most out of them, besides Pulp Fiction. Everyone likes that. Really? Anywho, Interesting. Because it feels the most comfortable to somebody who doesn't like Tarantino. It has other things in it that will make you enjoy it and you don't feel like you're watching some really eclectic weird bizarre fucking weird thing that tarantino makes <laughs> the stuff that like, I like yeah so <laughs> something like this is really something good to get yourself you know wet your feet into his movies because it has a lot of realistic things in it but still has his twist i don't know it's just it just makes me feel that way Okay. I mean, I think it has a difference just because, yeah, you said this is your second favorite. I mean, you haven't seen all his movies, but of what you've seen, this is your second favorite. Um, this is bottom half Tarantino for me. Um, it's it's hard to rank them because I really flip-flop around. I mean, uh, Jackie Brown's my favorite. Uh, surprisingly, Hateful Eight is my second fa- uh, favorite, the one he did recently, uh, his last one before this one. I, I really fucking love that movie. Um, after that, though, pretty fuzzy. It all kind of blends together in, the, in a sea of good great. And this, this lives in there. It's not horrible, um, but it doesn't stand out. And it's, you know, it's it's fine. But I, I, I don't think this will ever be in my top half. I think this is a bottom half. Tarantino. You know what? There's probably, like, major Tarantino lovers listening to this that can also agree that this is in their bottom half because well maybe maybe some people appre- will love it though i don't know i but mean it's hard to tell in it's order getting to, great ratings for critical and audience so i mean in order to appreciate him i feel like you have to appreciate his weird shit too and if you don't you're not going to appreciate this as much you know if somebody likes i don't know kill bill two or three whatever the fuck there is there's two it's really one movie, in, according to him. This is really his tenth movie, but he counts. If you like that, two. you're going to like the weird stuff that he comes up with. And this may be a little tame. Like, I don't know how people are going to feel about this. But for me, knowing I don't like some of his weirder stuff, I appreciate this one more. Because it's more understandable. And uh, so, I mean, I 
I don't know if I even gave my number. It's a three five for me. It's still it's still solid. I really love all the Cliff stuff. Um, and the, and it's it's kind of reiterating. What I said Cliff's great. Rick's stuff is hit or miss. That ending is awesome. And there's some parts in here that I don't need. Um, it's you know as a whole, there were no tears. Um, I'll definitely see this again, whether it's in theaters or at home. Um, I'll be seeing this again. I see all his movies multiple times. I, I still love them all of them to a degree, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a three, five solid, strong, but not, um, you know, things it could do without as a whole. Um, but you know, as, as a whole, I guess, uh, I'll start with you, Nicole. Uh, would you recommend once upon a time in Hollywood? Um, I think I would. I, there's a couple different people that would really like this movie. I mean, if you like Tarantino films, you're going to like this because it's something out of the box and weird that he made. If you like um, serial killer history, you're going to like this because it has a little underlying feeling of um, Charles Manson background. Even if it's not true to life, you're still going to like it because it's got him in it. Um, and if you're a fucking Leo... Or Brad Pitt fan, you're going to love this because they look hot and they're still even at 50 plus years old. I don't even care. Like, you're going to love it. I think it's got a big demographic following for it. So I will recommend this because it's interesting. It's funny. It's weird. You know, everybody will like it for some reason. Well, maybe not everybody. Jess, would you recommend Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <laughs> well, maybe not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would. Uh, um, everybody but Jess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's definitely not my cup of tea. Um, I understand there's an audience that definitely appreciates this, but I am not one. So if someone asks me why should I watch, just I couldn't give them an appropriate answer. So I don't think I should be the one to recommend it to anyone. <laughs> And I'm going to recommend it. Um, not my strongest recommend. Uh, slightly disappointing. Um, the subject matter for me wasn't super interesting, uh, I, I don't think. Uh, but and I trust Tarantino. I think he only makes good movies. And this is a good movie. Um, yeah, like I said, not my favorite. Back half Tarantino, but even back half Tarantino is better than an average movie. So uh, a recommend for me. Uh, not the strongest one I've given, but, uh, a, you know, a solid recommend. Um, and I'm assuming if you are listening to this, you've already seen it. And you're probably a Tarantino fan if you saw it, you know, opening weekend. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. It was different. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And, you know, I really am happy that I saw this because... I liked it better than most other Tarantino films that I saw. Yeah, reach reach out to us on um if you want to reach out to us on Facebook, it's Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook, and I am Brennan underscore Podhost on Instagram. If you want to reach out and say why you really liked it, why you didn't like it, um, I'm sure there's some mixed reactions. So uh, yeah, let let, let us Tell know me why I'm right. It's fine. Yeah, tell, tell Nicole why she's right. Um, and uh, if I can we find got any other haters like me. We can um, <laughs> all hate together. <laughs> yeah, this go watch probably the a smaller movie, <laughs> smaller percentage, but maybe you know. Um, <laughs> so we got other um, other theater reviews coming up. Hobbs and Shaw, the much anticipated Hobbs and Shaw, the millionth Fast okay. and Furious movie. Um, my mom and I will be doing that one. Mama K. Uh, we got some streaming. Uh, and then we got some more theater stuff in the middle of the month. Um, but again, if you want to recommend anything to us in the meantime, like I already said, films with the women in my life on Facebook, and I am Brennan. What expects? What expectations are you having for what's coming out next? Is there something you're most ex- excited for in the next what next month? Yeah. 
Um, I'm kind of lukewarm to most everything left that's coming out in August. Uh, there is Eek. definitely some stuff once September and October and the rest of the year hits that I've got some interested uh, interests in. But um, everything left in October, um, you know, I've got like a medium interest. We got like Ready or Not. Uh, we got Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Um, we got, I'm most excited uh, about It. I can't wait for It to come out. It comes. It chapter two comes out in September, and Jess and I. And I think I'm ready Nicole. for uh, ready or not. I think that looks so good. I don't know what to expect with really? it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it right now. All right. Well, that's a. You have to coming out at the end of the month. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what are the ones we have. Kit the kitchen we're doing as well. Uh, that looks a, good too. I'm really hyped about that. I'm too, a little worried. There's something about the trailer that doesn't grab me. I mean, I like the people in it. It looks. And it looks I just like associate story. myself with Melissa McCarthy in any role she makes. I feel like I'm her <laughs> in a, like a, a plebe setting. So I want to be her. So I want to be in this movie. From your favorite movie last year, Life of the Party. <laughs> no, my <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but my favorite movie is The Heat. I just fucking love that movie so much. I wish I was hurt you i love uh, when the oscar stuff came out for this year you're like life of the party got snubbed mm-hmm. for the 2019 <laughs> oscars i'm like it's so true. oh no it did not it was not it did not need that um uh all right well thanks everyone for <laughs> listening uh thank you jess and nicole for being on thank you thank you until next time everyone this is brendan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brandon Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.